0: Bro, football. <laughs>
4: studio this is the pro football rewind my name is matt striker this is the only place where we go forward in reverse analyzing the day's action in the league and applying it to all of your fantasy football needs whether they be season long dfs or sports investments coming to you from new york city on a jam-packed So many things to unpack. We start with the one o'clock games. We move into the four o'clock games and we break down all the information and apply it to everything we could possibly imagine because it's going to get wild and woolly as they say. There was so much to take away from from today. Names like Sam Darnold throwing for four touchdowns. If you had Sam in your DFS or you were streaming him in your season long, you are rejoicing. Josh Allen, continue to do what he normally does against the Miami Dolphins. Once again, three touchdowns, two in the air, one in the ground. And ladies and gentlemen, in the ground, on the ground is what I'm trying to say. Because I'm running. Because I was waiting for the connection to happen. I've been told that it is. We have contact with the palatial estate in parts unknown. My co-host is here. Quickly becoming one of the top fantasy football analysts in the entire industry. Mr. Davis-Matic. Davis Maddock. Davis, can we hear
5: you yeah yeah I uh, I'm here waiting uh, waiting waiting to be patched in very very excited to be uh, here talking with you tonight Matt nice my man yes. I thought I was
4: gonna have to tap dance my entire time here <laughs> who the man is back ladies and gentlemen the reason I'm so excited so we've been doing this show now for the past 11 weeks and each and every week Davis gives his his insight and his knowledge and Davis I gotta tell you I was doing some math you're at a 72% accuracy rate man I mean that's ridiculous.
5: Seventy-two percent feels yeah. pretty good. Uh, today was a was a pretty good sports investments day for me. Not as good in uh, DFS. A few a few cheap guys did not uh, did not go the direction that I needed them. But uh, you know, overall overall it's been a, a great season, Matt.
4: All right. Now that I know that we have a good solid connection, I'm excited. I can take a breath. When we come back, we'll dive into everything you need to know from Week 11. Matt Stryker and Davis Matic coming right back on the Pro Football Rewind. Everything is tight.
1: Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars. Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
2: Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running, sleep hot, goods. That's leesacom forward slash Iheart. Exclusions apply. See Lisa.com for more details.
4: Back inside the studio, this is the Pro Football Rewind. Pride and joy of everyone that is making it into the Fantasy Football Playoffs. It's all because of my co-host, Mr. Davis Maddock. Davis, let's jump right in and do what you do best. Let's talk about the games. Talk to me about this Dallas and Detroit game. Did you see it
5: going the way that it went? Man, this was, uh, you know, I I don't go I don't go that crazy too often, but this was my game of the year. This was the the biggest bet that I have placed this season, Matt, was on the Dallas Cowboys money line. I I did. I I did a smaller bet on Dallas Cowboys and the points, but uh, there there was just no way that Detroit was going to stay competitive in this game. Uh, Dak Prescott has just been too good. Like, I really actually think that he probably should be second in the MVP voting right now. He threw for four hundred and forty four yards and three touchdowns in this game. Uh, Really, Jeff Driscoll had a good game by Jeff Driscoll standards, but just was not able to remain competitive. And uh, a a throwback name here for college football fans, Bo Scarborough got the start at running back for the Detroit Lions. 14 carries, 55 yards, Now, no targets, but did score a rushing touchdown. And uh, I I just appreciated that. I always love getting uh, random college football names showing up for one game here or there in the NFL look
4: at that a way to kick things off a happy davis because the dallas cowboys did what they were supposed to do across many different platforms whether it be season-long dfs or of course sports investments but let's go to this jet game jets at washington sam Darnold throwing up four
5: yeah, he uh, he threw up four, and uh, the the people out there who want to believe that the Jets, you know, they don't need to draft a quarterback, they don't need to sign another quarterback, they are they are you know they're starting to gain some evidence for that. You know, the game against Dallas was pretty encouraging for Darnold, and this game had to be pretty encouraging as well because Washington uh, they are horrible on offense, but they are not nearly as bad uh, on on defense. And you know, I I was relatively impressed with Darnold that first touchdown pass that he threw to uh, Daniel Brown that uh, that's he you know, scrambled out to the left, bided some time and then made just that pinpoint throw over the defender's arms into the back corner of the end zone. I, that's a play that, you know, you don't see guys like Mason Rudolph make that play. You don't see Kyle Allen make that play. That's like a real NFL quarterback play. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more encouraged about Darnold's future than I was uh, when I woke up this morning.
4: Fair enough. That's nice to hear. And you have to understand that there were flashes of brilliance that led to one of two road dogs winning today. And we'll get to that other road dog. But before we get there, New Orleans and Tampa Bay. Finally, if you played any Drew Brees stacks with anything else, you've been paid off. No?
5: Yeah, I mean, Drew Brees was phenomenal today. I I will say I do not play Drew Brees in DFS that often because, one, uh, his stacks are always very expensive. You know, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas are very expensive to stack up. And I do kind of prefer to double stack my quarterbacks a lot of the time. And uh, the bringbacks in this game, you know, that's uh, that's some inside DFS terminology there. But that just basically means you're bringing your lineup back with a play from the other side of the game. Evans and Godwin were both very expensive expensive as well the thing that was most surprising to me about this game was alvin kamara looked phenomenal he just kept getting plays called back by penalties he had three separate 20 yard gains called back by penalties and he was unable to score despite the 10 receptions 47 yards 13 carries 75 yards he he could have had just an utterly massive fantasy day and was not quite able to get there Yeah, it's quite disappointing
4: looking. He hasn't even cracked the top 10 for fantasy running backs on the day. And I know a lot of people out there had one of the first three picks and they chose him. So it's that return of investment. Let's talk about this Baltimore and Houston game. I mean, man, oh man, I thought at least Houston would put up some points.
5: Yeah, I, th- I, I was very surprised, and I, this is where kind of my DFS troubles came today. Uh, Houston-Baltimore was the game I was by far the most invested in. Now, I did bet Baltimore minus four. I did bet them on the money line as well. Uh, you, you know from doing this show with me, there really is not anyone who believes in Lamar Jackson more than me. But I also believe in Deshaun Watson, and I just thought that there were going to be a lot of points scored in this game. And... Houston never looked competitive. Their only points in this game came late in the second half where uh, Carlos Hyde just kind of randomly broke away from the defense and was able to score. Deshaun Watson was under pressure this entire game, but it's sort of bizarre that, uh, you know, when Deshaun Watson is under pressure, you normally think, well, the defense is probably blitzing. And, you know, he's pretty good at at picking apart the blitz, finding his guys running down the seam. And I think part of it is he does really miss Will Fuller. You know, Fuller is just really. Space creator, he does make the offenses that he plays in better. But also part of it was Watson just was not very good today. Lamar was much better than he was.
4: Yeah, Lamar at the top, the number two fantasy quarterback for the day. Uh, Ingram, the number one running back. But then the number four running back for the day in fantasy is a guy that you were on last week. And if you were watching, you heard this pick. I wrote him down. That's Gus Edwards. Like, Do you think that's because of the way the game script was going? Or moving forward, is Edwards still a name to keep an eye on?
5: So he's still a name to keep an eye on because, you know, basically Baltimore is going to have their playoff seed locked up, I think. Uh, So the last couple weeks of the season, I think Gus Edwards could start to get more looks over uh, Mark Ingram and over Justice Hill. However, the reason why Gus Edwards, you know, is so far up there in fantasy point scoring today is in the fourth quarter when Robert Griffin the third was in instead of Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards broke away from the defense and scored a 62-yard rushing touchdown, I believe, and... And, you know, Gus Edwards is a very good north-south runner. If you go to NFL Next Gen Stats and you look at some of their efficiency numbers, which just measures, you know, how often a guy is behind the line of scrimmage and how long it takes him to get to top speed. Gus Edwards is one of the best in the NFL. He gets the ball, he hits the hole, and he just goes Straight, So I have always kind of liked that about Gus Edwards. He's definitely worth a pickup for playoff teams right now, because if anything were to happen to Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards would, I mean, he would definitely be, you know, a top 10 running back in uh, fantasy football. Yep. And
4: that's what we're looking for. We're looking for those guys that crack the top 10. Some of us only settle for the top five. And then we have those real crazy guys that look for the top three. So Josh Allen today, the number one fantasy quarterback. And I heard a crazy stat that in his last three games against the Miami Dolphins, he totals nine touchdowns. So you figure he's on pace for three. Exactly what he had today, two in the air and one on the ground. What were your thoughts on this one?
5: I mean, Josh Allen was he was the best tournament play, I thought, uh, on on DraftKings. He is never as owned there because he doesn't get the, uh, you know, the 300 yard bonus, basically. But John Brown was also a a great stack with him. I had a lot of Josh Allen and John Brown stacks. Not uh, not enough to, uh, you know, bring home the million dollars or anything like that, but it was a pretty successful day with those guys. John Brown is a guy who I would love to talk about here for a little bit. I think that he has not gotten a ton of respect in fantasy circles this year because he has not scored the touchdowns, but obviously he came through today, 14 targets, 137 yards, two touchdowns. And this kind of profile has been coming. He's had at least 50 receiving yards in every game this season. He's been a real wide receiver one in this bill's offense. And I think that a lot of people who play fantasy football, think of him as like a, you know, a deep threat, uh, a situational guy, maybe like a trick play guy, but no, John Brown is a legit wide receiver one in fantasy football. And I I think he should be treated as such.
4: Yeah, absolutely. The number one fantasy wide receiver today was John Brown. And I had a lot of shares of him stacked up with Josh Allen. It's interesting that this game went over and they covered like, it's just everything that should have happened happened. And if you played it that way, then you're sitting on the right side. How about this Jacksonville Indianapolis game? And uh, what happens here with the backfield for Indianapolis?
5: I mean how how gross of a game was this you know Nick Foles returns for the Jaguars and uh you know he did get to 296 passing yards and two touchdowns but it was ugly uh really anytime he was not throwing at DJ Shark who had 15 targets in this game he looked bad looked bad throwing to Conley to Cole D.D. Westbrook was barely involved in this game only six targets just you know there was some talk that D.D. Westbrook was going to return to his uh his superstar role and you know that that just didn't happen. DJ Shark is the real alpha wide receiver on this team Uh, on the Indianapolis side with Marlon Mack likely out multiple weeks with his fractured hand. uh, I I was sort of surprised to see Jonathan Williams, 13 carries, 116 yards in this game. Uh, Basically, uh, you know, Jordan Wilkins has been the guy who's been kind of cast in that role in the past. Um, They've had other guys who have rotated there as their third running back. Jonathan Williams was on their practice squad for a while, and you would kind of think that Naheem Hines would have gotten more of an opportunity in this game, but only three carries for 11 yards, did score the touchdown, did get four targets in the passing game, but also the Colts barely had to pass in this game. Uh, they had three different players with four targets, but Williams definitely a guy we are interested in on the waiver wire.
4: I've got him penciled in and written down. One more game to talk about when we come back and so much more. Who to pick up, who to put down. We're going to talk about spreads, everything you need and more. It's right here Pro Football Rewind. Davis Maddox going to stick around. I'm Matt Stryker. We'll make sure you You do your due diligence. Come on back
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, some 41, 30 seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
2: Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot.
4: All right, get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook where listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus up to $500. Here's how it works. Number one, you create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, then you make a deposit, then place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus up to $500. This offer is eligible for all users, plus new users will get a risk-free bet of up to two hundred dollars. Just go to sportsgrid.com backslash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com backslash DK. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome back inside the Pro Football Rewind. I'm Matt Stryker. My partner in crime is Davis Maddock. And Davis, only one more game to discuss. And it honestly shocks me that Christian McCaffrey still places in the top five of fantasy running backs today when his team was just so inept on offense. Talk to me about this Atlanta Carolina game.
5: Well, there were people, and I won't name names, but there were people who thought that Kyle Allen was better than Cam Newton. There were people who said, you know, Kyle Allen was better than Gardner Minshew. There were people who, you know, said Kyle Allen, but yeah, you know, Kyle Allen this, Kyle Allen that. And let me tell you this, Kyle Allen is not good. He's not the <laughs> answer for the franchise. He's not going to be their starting quarterback next year. He's not someone that, uh, you know, they should try and give an extension to or anything like that. Kyle Allen is no good, and... Uh, if you played in an offense, Matt, with Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and Greg Olson, you'd probably have about the same results that uh, that Kyle Allen is having. So that is why Christian McCaffrey was able to have a great fantasy day, 33 uh, PPR fantasy points on DraftKings, so, uh, probably 30 in normal PPR formats without the bonus. And uh, basically every time they got in the red zone, Kyle Allen just threw an interception. <laughs> That's as simple as that. There's your soundbite for the day. Every time they got in the red zone...
4: They turned over the ball. That's why the scoreboard said what it said. And also, that has to be frustrating from a sports investment perspective. That game came in at a total of 49 and a half. It fell under. Carolina was favored by four and a half. The Road dog showed up and won. This has to be one of those games that if you're a savvy sports investor, you spotted this one and you're sitting pretty right now.
5: You know, uh, man, you put me on the spot, man. You know I'm, I'm, I'm a believer in Carolina, so I had their side in this game because I love all of their offensive players so much. I think that uh, with, you know, with Drew Brees or with Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson, I, I think that this group of Carolina Panthers players could lead the NFL in yards per play, you know, kind of similar to what the Dallas Cowboys do. So I I had the Carolina side. You know, historically, Atlanta is a team that does worse outdoors. Atlanta does not have a very good defense, and Really, all that happened was, th- th- in terms of like yards per play, in terms of yards per play allowed on defense, Carolina was the better team. They just were not able to put any points on the board because they were unwilling to go for it on fourth down in a few key situations, you know, taking the points or punting when they should have gone for it. And because, you know, three straight red zone trips, Kyle Allen had interceptions.
4: And and speaking of interceptions, it brings me to the next game. So that last game, Atlanta-Carolina from a sports investment perspective it was a needle in a haystack unless you really have a savvy eye but you mentioned interceptions i think that this is what undid this game here is new orleans and tampa bay they had a total of 49 and a half they went over new orleans was favored by four and a half and they covered but i think one side of it is you don't expect winston at least is he going to throw all those interceptions he's also going to throw just as many if not more touchdowns that didn't happen today
5: yeah, I mean he he did throw he threw four interceptions today. Uh, only two passing touchdowns. His passing touchdowns, one of them went to Chris Godwin. Then, of course, <laughs> as everyone predicted, one of them went to Peyton Barber. While Cameron Brate also had 14 targets in the passing game. Uh, always interesting to see how Jameis Winston chooses to dole out those targets. But yeah, I mean one of the things that smart sports betters know is that there's nothing worse for an under bet than a defensive special teams touchdown because what that does is it just eliminates an entire possession on offense and instantaneously rewards those points. So if you think about it, you know, an average drive can take four, five, six minutes, even if it ends in a field goal. So you're wiping a ton of time where points could have been on the board uh, and, and you're just doing it all in 10 seconds and then you immediately give the ball back to the offense. So really and also, you know, when you throw a pick six, likely that means you're going to be trailing which is going to lead to more throwing the ball more throwing the ball equals more points on the board. So really there there is nothing worse for an under than a a pick
4: six agreed and I think you put it so perfectly that when you start to look at some of these over unders and you talk about playing an under look at the the game that had the lowest point total in the one o'clock actually on the whole day was a 38 and a half jet at Washington game it went over another road dog you know Washington was favored by two and a half but my question is this given what Sam Darnold did today I want to move forward in reverse and look at who the Jets have next week. They have Oakland. Do you think that point total is going to be misleading here? Because Oakland only put up 17 today. So what do you think the numbers will be next week for that game?
5: Oh, it's definitely going to be misleading because there 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 is a weird thing going on with Raiders lines where against bad defenses, they get a ton of respect, but they shouldn't because the Raiders play super slow on offense. They are one of the slowest situation, neutral pace offenses in the NFL. And then as we saw today against the Bengals, when they get the lead. That's it, man. They do not care about putting up more points. They just want to get out of these games. So they're going to hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs. They're going to hand the ball off to DeAndre Washington. They're going to throw short passes to Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, and Hunter Renfro. They are not going to push the ball down the field at all. It's going to be very slow, very methodical. And, and I think the Jets are kind of like that way, too. Kind of surprising to see them score so many points today because the Jets are another team that uh, you know has played slow in situation-neutral situations and that's historically bad and what Adam Gase has done as well. So I look at two teams like the Raiders and the Jets, and if, if that total is like 45, 46, 47, I'm going to love the under there.
4: Yeah, it's an interesting way to think about your investments next week based off of what happens this week. I also want to look at another lower point total on the slate, and this is this Denver-Minnesota game, 40 and a half. They went over, but, man, if you fell asleep at halftime, you did not expect to wake up and see this, Right.
5: No, I mean, just just a, a crazy result. And and I, those are always kind of fun. Those games that just turn on a dime at halftime. And those are also great situations. Uh, another thing that's been pointed out to me by savvy sports bettors are, you know, we, we love to get the best number, right? So if we think that the best numbers are oftentimes the numbers that are there right as the lines close, you know, those are the lines that have millions and millions of dollars invested into them. If the game goes way off script in the first half, whether that be way over or way under i love to consider that original line in what uh, you could be betting do you could be doing for in-game betting in the second half you know if we have one of these games that's going way under in the first half and uh, the at halftime the over under is way lower than the original line for the game i love to bet over is there yeah,
4: it's amazing the time that we live in, and you know the pioneering minds at Sports Grid and at Zumo TV really understand. If you want the edge, you'll get on the grid. You can follow us on Instagram and YouTube at Sports Grid. We're talking to Davis Matic. We're talking about how the lines, the over and the under, can start to influence our thinking when it comes to DFS as well as some season-long investments. And I want to stay on this comp- on this topic here because Buffalo Miami is another was another low total. They said 40 and a half. They went over, and Buffalo did cover the six and a half next week. Buffalo visits Denver. Do you think a John Brown is in play here? And also what are these numbers telling you about what you think next week's numbers may be?
5: Oh, John Brown, definitely in play in that game. You know, John Brown is, I think John Brown is a great play pretty much regardless of matchup, pretty much regardless of, you know, what cornerback is covering or, or who else is, you know, even who's his quarterback. We've seen John Brown have great games with all kinds of different quarterbacks, you know, uh, ancient uh, Carson Palmer, Joe Flacco. Really, it's kind of funny. The only uh, quarterback that John Brown has never performed with has been Lamar Jackson, just because Hmm. his interactions per game were, uh, were so low. But yeah, I I definitely think John Brown will be in play Buffalo at Denver. That line is going to be really interesting to me because historically Denver has kind of gotten an extra point or point and a half of home field advantage even relative to the rest of the league because of the altitude that they play at. And Buffalo is a team that's getting basically no respect from betters and basically no respect from uh, Las Vegas. You know, when when, uh, Buffalo lines open, they were only a touchdown favorite against Miami. So that's basically Vegas saying that uh, they're kind of like in the same level of talent as the Jets. And they have, you know, five more wins than the Jets and and so that this is going to be a really interesting line my guess is that I will prefer the Buffalo side of this because I mean Brandon Allen can't be this good right He, he just can't be
4: Ah, you never know. Stranger things have happened in the National Football League. And I saved the best for last, at least for this segment. This Dallas and Detroit situation here, 46 and a half. They went over. Dallas just covered the touchdown there. So now looking forward for Dallas here, and you're admitted a fan, right? It's a 6-4 and four team. What do we expect to see from Dallas and how can we use it in our fantasy world?
5: Well, I think the number one thing you should be paying attention to if you were wanting to bet on Dallas games now is they I think they finally understand who their best player is. Their best player is not Ezekiel Elliott. Their best player is Dak Prescott. Now, they're paying Ezekiel Elliott $90 million, and Dak Prescott is not signed to a contract extension yet, but they are just a much better and a much more threatening offensive team when Dak Prescott is dropping back to pass as opposed to handing the ball off to Ezekiel Elliott. And, uh, you know, 444 passing yards, uh, and and just a huge day by Dak in a game where his team needed it because the defense was not good. The defense was really uh, just kind of let uh, the rest of the team down by letting Jeff Driscoll kind of walk all over them so uh, in Dallas games moving forward if uh, lines are not adjusting you know if we're seeing lines of 47 48 I'm going to be leaning over on those because Dallas is really encouraging other teams to pass against them by getting up to these leads early and because they are still the number one offense in the NFL in yards per play they're really putting up points in a hurry Absolutely,
4: and if on the other side, if you're interested, the Lions do play the Redskins next week, so I'm curious to hear what that line will be. When we come back, we're going to talk more to Davis Maddock about who to pick up who to put down, and also how we can continue to analyze the trends in the lines for our daily fantasy purposes. And that's what this is all about. It's really dissecting things and using math in a way that is, maybe most people aren't using, but that's why. We have Davis Matic, we have myself, we have the good folks at Sports Grid, we have the Pro Football Rewind, and it has everything you need. So sit down, grab a pen, pay attention, when we come back, Davis Matic will tell us who to pick up, who to put down at my friends so vital so important when we come back we'll give it to you and more into the pro football rewind is it me or do we not have the absolute (laughs) best music that brings us back in. I hope you are feeling good with everything that's happened to you so far this week. My name is Matt Striker here in the studio. This is the Pro Football Rewind. Joining us as always is Davis Maddock. and Davis, before we went to break, we were looking at some of the lines and seeing how that means towards uh, what you're going to do next week, how that means, how that reflects, whom to pick up, whom to put down. We're going to get to all that, but I wanted to talk about Dallas and Detroit here. So Dallas' next game is against New England. Then they go Buffalo, Chicago, LA, Philadelphia Washington there is still value here fantasy wise from Dallas Cowboys maybe not so much next week but beyond absolutely
5: Oh, I actually think Dallas versus New England might be a pretty interesting spot for for fantasy because, you know, I, I can't help but have this feeling that the Patriots have played a lot of bad teams. And then when they played one good team, the the singularly good team that they have played, Baltimore put up 37 on them and didn't really look like they were sweating it all that hard. You know, didn't really look like uh, like they even had to get out of second gear in order to achieve that result. But, you know, as as you mentioned, there is a lot of fantasy value. Value on this offense, and there is a, a name that our, our listeners are going to be interested in. I think that the tide is starting to turn at the tight end position for the Dallas Cowboys. I think that down the stretch, we are going to see more of. Uh, Blake Jarwin and less of Jason Witten, which is, uh, you know, something that Dallas Cowboy fans have been clamoring for for a long time. Now, Jarwin was only targeted twice in this game, five targets for Jason Witten. Uh, Jarwin actually outgained him on those two targets and is just a, a more athletic and is a better player. And, uh, you know, and, and Randall Cobb also, you know, had a, a huge game today, seven targets, 115 yards and a touchdown. I, I think that, you uh, There are just a lot of rosterable and playable guys on the Dallas Cowboys roster right now. You know, even Tony Pollard needs to really be owned in, you know, every fantasy league. Wow. So already it's a great
4: segue into, you know, we want to know whom to pick up and whom to put down here. And you've already given me three guys here. So let's just continue with it. Who do you think right now are the guys to pick up moving forward? And then talk to me about who do you think we can kind of kick to the curb?
5: Uh, well, I mean, as we as we mentioned, uh, I definitely think Randall Cobb is kind of one of the, the biggest guys that I would be adding this week. Um, I think anyone on the uh, the Washington roster pretty much other than Terry McLaurin, they can all go. Adrian Peterson saw more carries than Darius Guys today. I know that guy scored the long touchdown today, but he had only two targets in a game where his team threw 35 times. Really, I think only McLaurin is rosterable there. And also, you're not going to want to want to get rid of him because he had 18 carries today. But if you're in a league that still is allowing trades, uh, Le'Veon Bell was basically splitting carries with Bilal Powell and Ty Montgomery today. Even Josh Adams got in this game to get some carries and Le'Veon was only targeted twice in the passing game. So Le'Veon would be a guy that I would be very interested in uh, in trading away. The, the biggest ads of the week, though, are going to be the Indianapolis running back. So that's going to be uh, Jonathan Williams. That's going to be Nike Hines. And we need to see if they add someone in the middle of the week. Also, uh, interestingly enough, Jordan Howard is still not cleared for contact for the Philadelphia Eagles and. Boston Scott was way more involved in this game than I think anyone was anticipating. He saw seven rushes to Miles Sanders 11. Now, he was not targeted in the passing game. Sanders was targeted four times, but Boston Scott is another uh, another guy that I would be interested in adding.
4: All right, man, you just keep going and going and going. It's awesome. So I mentioned that you have a 72% success rate. So what I did is, so you can see, I keep notes. I've had them for every show that I've sat at this desk for. And on them is just a list of all the names you've given. And I totaled it up and I divided it by the weeks I was here. And I just saw how many of them were actually point positive. And it was like eight out of 11 is basically how it broke down, which is 72%. And I think that's just amazing. Um, for your own personal way, like, you're enjoying success in your home leagues and everything else, but do you, do you realize that you're 72% or are you just ho-hum-humble?
5: No, man, I, I love it. I, they're, uh, so I love helping people obviously with their fantasy football teams. Uh, you know, it's very cool that this is my job that, you know, I get to play in all these leagues. I get to do a show with you. I get to do all these podcasts. It's great. Cause I love helping people win. Uh, and, and I think that that emotion is shared by many of my, of my coworkers. You know, we love knowing that our customers, that, uh, the, you know, the people that we interact with all the time, our, our listeners, our viewers are doing well. You know, we have the, uh, the daily roto slack with the The Experts channel in it, and like I know these guys' teams because they're in there. They're asking me questions. They're asking me about waivers, and like, like we, you know, we have guys who're like, oh, you know, my team is nine and zero. My team is ten and zero. You know, I'm gonna make the playoffs. I'm gonna lead. I'm gonna lead my league in points. Like, that's great to hear because that means, you know, not only does that mean like my seasons are going pretty well, but that means that uh, you know that that I'm right about a lot of stuff. And
4: (laughs) who doesn't like to be right? (laughs) Yeah, fair enough, my man. And I love it. And I love the fact that you said though. At least you know you are humble about it, and you want to share it. There are some people that try to keep it to themselves, but there's an old saying that kept mana will stink. So let's look forward now to next week and really start to try to build some lineups here. The first game that jumps out to me next week, the Colts and the Texans. We definitely want to pay attention to the Colts backfield. But what about the Texans secondary? And do you think that Jacoby Brissett might be a guy that people would want to look at?
5: Yeah, I mean, the Texans. Tough, tough scene giving up forty-one points to the Baltimore Ravens. So I guess everyone gives up a lot of points to the Ravens. But you know, this is also a team that's been beaten up by the likes of the Raiders in the passing game. So yeah, their secondary—it's—it's it's not great. Uh, what's so interesting about the uh, the ra- the passing game for the Colts right now is. I mean, name their guys. They they are just throwing out completely random dudes. Uh, a guy by the name of Marcus Johnson scored a touchdown for them today. And and you know me, this is this is literally my job, right? <laughs> like I know all these guys. I knew Marcus Johnson was on the team. I knew that he had ran routes the week before. I don't know where he went to college. I don't know if he's a rookie. I don't know if he is a second-year player. So, the Colts have to be digging very, very deep to be finding guys who I don't know anything about. Like, I can tell you where Darius Fountain went to college. I can tell you where Dion Kane or Ashton Doolin went to college. These are guys on the Colts practice squad that uh, apparently Marcus Johnson is better than.
4: <laughs> well, this
5: is a team that put
4: up 33 points, so I guess it does mean something that you really have to dive deep because even if it's guys that people aren't aware of, they can still get a touchdown and it's all it's going to take is that point that is going to help you win your leagues win your dfs and win all of your sports investments okay so i also wanted to talk a little bit about some of the pickups here and go back to talking to me about this tight end in dallas because tight end is really a position that's giving giving a lot of people a lot of headaches
5: yeah tight end has been brutal all year and the guy that i liked the most today was eric ebron and uh That was that was, again, you know, not a great situation. And I I wish I would have known uh, while you and I are doing the show, the Sunday night football game is going on. I wish that I would have known that Robert Woods was not going to play because Tyler Higby would have been a guy that I really liked as as a waiver wire ad. And I still like as a waiver wire ad with Robert Woods not active. I you know, I kind of expect him to have a good name on Sunday night football. Nice, I
4: was able to squeeze another name out of you. See what I did there? All right, let's go back to looking at next week and let's talk about the fish in the Browns here. I mean, weather permitting, is this a game where we can start to really get on the Browns? It might be two in a row.
5: I I only get in the Browns when the public is not on them. So that, that Steelers game... I mean, we're like, I think that it was one of the most public games I've ever seen where like all the reporting was like 90% of the tickets are on the Steelers, 80% of the tickets. Uh, Everyone's betting on the Steelers money line. And all of this was saying, you know, basically everyone and their dad wants to bet on the Steelers and... The line did not budge the whole time. uh, The line basically stayed the same with which means that these super smart casinos, they want to have money on the Browns. They want uh, you know, they they think that the Browns are the sharp side of that game. And I basically I was looking at it like the reason the uh, the Steelers are favored in this game or or the reason people want to wager on them is because of their defense. And, you know, at you know me, I'm I don't bet on defenses. I bet. have a good quarterback they have a very questionable play caller so for me it's very situational with the Browns and if I think that uh Freddie Kitchens is really outmatched as a head coach I I think that's like a no bet
4: interesting because you say that you like to look at the offensive side of things and I think it's just the nature of the sports investor so then this next game
5: Giants and Bears I mean you'd pull your hair out you have a lot yeah, Gi- Gi- Giants versus Bears. That looks like a Well, you know what? I mean, Daniel Jones is better than Mitch Trubisky. I, I've sure. said some not kind things about Daniel Jones on this show, but I have no qualms about saying that uh, he's definitely better than Mitch Trubisky. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe I'll, I'll seem dumb about saying that. Maybe he'll have a good game on Sunday night football. But you know what? I, I kind of doubt it.
4: All right. Now the Panthers and the Saints. What do you think happens there? What's the quarterback situation going to mean in Carolina? Or does New Orleans just completely run?
5: Oh, we are we are taking we are taking the Saints here. I, I cannot have I cannot be the person that I am and say the things and thought the things about Kyle Allen that I've done this Sunday and then come back next week and say, oh, well, you know what? Maybe the Panthers are the sharp side here. I, I will be, you know, assuming that this line is within 10. If it gets to ten and a half or 11. OK, yes, then I'm going to go Carolina. But if it's nine and a half, nine, eight, uh, I will definitely be going with the New Orleans Saints.
4: Okay, moving on after what we saw in the 4 o'clock game that we'll get to in the second hour of the Pro Football Rewind. uh, The Seahawks will visit Philadelphia, and again, weather independent. You would think that Seattle is the play here, but maybe not so fast.
5: Well, this is now we're approaching a situation where Seattle actually they're they're drawing live to win their division again. So they beat San Francisco and then, uh, you know, they, they basically if they uh, I think they have to win all but one of their remaining games. But as long as they win uh, their rematch against San Francisco, theoretically, now they can win this division. They can put themselves in a position where, you know, they might even be able to get a buy. So uh, a very experienced playoff team like Seattle with Russell Wilson. I, I mean. Yeah, I I think you have to like Seattle in most of their games going forward, because I think as their backs get more against the wall and we saw this against San Francisco, they started off the first half, they were running the ball, they were playing it really safe. And then what do they do when they got down a touchdown? When they got down 10 points, they started letting Russell Wilson cook. You know, they started letting him throw to DK Metcalf, letting him throw to Jacob Hollister, letting him throw to Tyler Lockett. And when that happens, good things happen.
4: Absolutely. Good things happen as I write down a few more names here. OK, now this next game may have a point total of 53, depending on how things go. The Bucks and the Falcons. What are you going to play here?
5: Oh, I, I well, the thing is, is now there's this public murmuring. Oh, oh, the, the Falcons, they changed some of their defensive coordinators. You know, they, they hired a couple new guys. They shifted some things around. I don't buy it. The Falcons still suck on defense. Kyle Allen uh, had a bad game. Drew Brees they had a bad game. And Jameis Winston he might have a bad game, but you know who doesn't care if they're having a bad game? Jameis Winston <laughs> he's gonna throw an interception and he's gonna come back and he's gonna throw the same pass again because he doesn't care. All he wants to do is create positive plays on offense, and you know basically that's uh that's what he does. So and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pass defense, as we've seen the last two weeks, it's just not good. They cannot stop anyone throwing the ball and they just cut one of their starting cornerbacks the week uh like they're on monday i believe vernon hargraves so they're playing backup guys in their secondary uh basically the even even if it does get to 53 here i i still would probably like the over
4: one minute yeah absolutely and to your point about winston i guess he's a ride or die kind of guy and season long because you're gonna you know live with the highs and gonna hurt with the lows and i wonder what that means to mike evans owner Because a lot of people feel that maybe it could have been time to ship him off, again, if you're in a league that still allows trades. But if not, there could be something sneaky there. That people are going to want to pay attention to And you're going to want to pay attention to the Pro Football Rewind When we come back, we'll break down 4 p.m. games We'll talk about playoff hunt We'll also get some pickups and some drop-offs from the 4 p.m. games And of course, there were only three So that gives a lot of time for Davis Maddock To give us a lot of knowledge So make sure you come on back My paper is almost filled What about yours? I'm Matt Stryker, Davis Maddock Coming back on the Pro Football Rewind Everything you know going forward In reverse for all your fantasy football needs Come on back